think this song might be a perfect description of where your heart is tonight. Whether it's your relationship with a spouse, a friend, or maybe even your relationship with Jesus. It's this tension of like, man, I know if I keep on putting work, it might get better, but what if I put everything in and it just doesn't get better? And I think maybe some of us, we get into this room where, where it's like, man, like, I, I, I didn't say I do to that. Or like we get into a place where it's like, man, like on Instagram, you look so good. But as my boyfriend, I don't know what the heck you even are. But I, I, I thought you were my friend. We spent this many years together and that's how you're going to start acting? And we get to this crossroad within our relationships. Do I keep on investing more of myself? Or is investing more of myself going to cause me to lose myself? I, I think there's a principle you need to learn in relationships. And before we talk about anything in detail of how to be a good husband, how to be becoming before you find it, before we talk about that, I need to let you know that speeding is unhealthy in relationships. I think some of the best advice that you could ever, ever get in a relationship is slow the heck like, you're, you're really about to say something you can't take back. Slow down. Like, you just met this guy. Slow the heck down. Like, Tinder don't always tell the truth. Slow the heck down. And I'm not against you finding somebody online. What I am against is you rushing into something emotional without really knowing what's true. My IG looks popping. But I got a popping out belly. <laughs> And so what you see on IG ain't always what you're going to get in real life. I remember I was preparing for a sermon one day at the beach. Um, and I was with, like, family and friends. I was like, hey, guys, go to the water. I'm going to prepare for my sermon on Sunday. I'm going to chill in the cabana or, like, the little gazebo thing, whatever. And I posted a picture of, like, the sun almost setting, my laptop open, my Bible next to me, my toes in the sand, not poking out, you know, poking in just to keep it, like, you know, a little mystery to everybody. What does Pastor Dennis' toes look like? What the heck? <laughs> and it was like a beautiful picture, but what they didn't see was that there was wind constantly in my face. That I would open my Bible to read the verse that I'm reading, and it would close because of the wind. My laptop inside every key, sand got in. And what to everybody looked beautiful to me was a moment of suffering. And it's because you can't catch all realities through a story. Just because her highlights look good doesn't mean her life is actually good. And if you want to be in a healthy relationship, you got to slow things down. I want you to write this down, and I'm going to have so much fun preaching this. Boundaries are good. All the ladies say amen. All the guys are like, oh, I don't know. I don't know about that, sir. <laughs> Listen, fellas. If you're a man that can't set boundaries... I'm not even going to go there. Let me say this. Boundaries are good. Watch this. And boundaries should feel good. I shouldn't feel like I'm suffering because I got a boundary set up in my relationship. I should feel excited because boundaries mean that I appreciate what I have. I heard a pastor preach this like maybe three days ago on my Instagram. Come on, those messages be changing my life. He said, boundaries aren't meant to keep you out. They're meant to keep you in. And I think oftentimes whenever, whenever your wife says no, it's like, oh, she don't want me. Listen, my friend, she just wants you in a different way at that moment. She needs you in a different way at that moment. When she says no, it's not that she hates you. It's just that she's needing something else than what you're looking for. 
Tonight, I want to let you know that boundaries are not a weapon, they're a wall. They're not a cannon. Boundaries are a tower. They're not meant to shoot at you. They're meant to watch things that don't belong inside of the relationship. And you should have a good time setting boundaries. You know, there's, there's a verse in the Bible that says God disciplines those he loves. And if that's the truth, then that means love leads to discipline. And I think a lot of us, we see discipline as like a spank in the booty. But can I let you know, sometimes the best discipline is saying no to something. And if love leads to discipline, but I can't discipline myself with my partner, then guess what I'm lacking? It's not discipline. I'm lacking love. And what ends up happening is we try to fix our actions, but we really need to fix our heart. And so the boundary I need to set up isn't what we can and cannot do. The boundary we need to set up is how are we going to love each other? How am I going to serve you? How am I going to lift you up when you feel down? I, I think it's crazy that our culture celebrates toxic chasing. It does. It promotes it. Oh, you want to chase after him? That way you go, girl. Go ahead. Get what you want. I want it. I got it. Go ahead. You know, there is this TikTok trend. I, I think it's fun. I'm a TikToker. Anybody else in the room? You just, you're on it. You're on it. All right. None of my guys. Come on, y'all. What's up? All right. Whatever. Anyways, whatever. Me and Molo. I'm on TikTok a lot. I don't post that much, but I might. But whatever. That's not the point of the sermon. And there was this trend a few months ago on TikTok that it was about you sitting in the car with your best friend, placing the camera in front of you, and when the song reaches its climax, you would tell your friend that you like them by kissing them on the lips. And that was the craziest thing to me. Because it's like, wait, so you mean the moment, the exact same day, the exact same second that you're confessing that you like me, you're all up on my face? Wait, like, where's the pace in this romance? Where, where's the getting to know me? I just like you, so I'm going to kiss you. And it's, people would say that's incorrect with sex, but how come in something so small it's not incorrect? I think what, what our culture is teaching us to do the right things in the wrong order, that just leads to you doing the wrong things. I don't know about you. I'm, I'm taken, so I don't have to worry about this. But if I was single and this hoopty lady liked me and she got all her conjunctions together she doing right and she comes up to me and kisses me I might be so afraid I'm gonna spit on accident <laughs> I did not mean to spit in your mouth that's I'm sorry that's just not if you like me why do you have to rush into some action I'm really your best friend, why couldn't we just talk about this to see if it's consensual, to see if I feel the same way? See, but our world, for some reason, they make it about how fast you can make the move, how fast you can sleep with her, how fast you can get her number. And, and what I found out is that men only speak to women just to get their number, never to get to know her. Y'all going crazy tonight. What's, who hurt you? <laughs> Jesus Christ. We're going to need some all I need is you again because that is.
One night stands are never a one night stand. You know, it's crazy. I, I think a lot of us, we compare relationships to oceans. You've heard that. So many fish in the sea. You can go this way or go that. It doesn't work out here. You can go over there. But I need to let you know, relationships aren't like oceans. They're like sunsets. It's something you ought to sit in and watch as it goes down. You need to see how it moves. You need to see how the colors change in a relationship. It's not about how far you can swim, but it's how much you can see from right where you're at. You're trying to get way too deep with her. Don't, you don't belong there. Why don't you just sit down and watch the sunset? Why don't you just count the stars? As a husband, you're trying to, you're trying to swim to all these conclusions. As a wife, you're, you're trying to figure out everything that's going on. What if you just sit him by your side and just watch the sunset? You know, I've been talking to a lot of recently married couples, and the thing that I constantly hear is that, like, before when we would argue, like, I could just do something. <laughs> now when we argue, it's like I can do nothing. It's like we're arguing, and it's like, what am I going to do? Face the corner? Like, what am I going to do? Just sit on the couch as she, like, looks outside of the patio or something? And I, I think what you need to do in moments of arguments is slow things down. Slow things down. Well, you know what? I'm not even going to share my opinion, and you shouldn't even share yours. What if we just sit down and just feel close to each other? Because my opinion is pushing you away, and your opinion is pushing me back, and now I'm being more close. But what if we just stop sharing opinions and we just sit with each other? Like, that's a practical step. You know what? Next time we argue, we're just going to sit on the couch. And we're just going to sit until it's awkward, until it's so awkward, I don't care about being right anymore. I'm going to be with you that, to make it so uncomfortable that I don't even care about winning the argument anymore. I just want the discomfort to end, so I'm going to put my arm around you. Might have a little bit of makeup. Woohoo! come on, somebody. I ain't there yet, so I'm just celebrating for you, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and, we slow, and we slow things down. We slow things down. I, th I think your friends might have a little bit too much influence over you in certain seasons. Like, wh who's living your life? I think sometimes you just got to slow things down. I love the scripture. It says, Proverbs 19, 2, enthusiasm without knowledge is no good. I'm not changing the Bible, but I wrote it for myself in a different way that I could understand it. And it's that passion without purpose is deadly. You know, oftentimes when, when I find myself or even other people ending up in a wrong place, in an unhealthy place, it's because they had the wrong pace. It's not necessarily the wrong direction, but it's just that you went so fast that you ended up moving a couple inches to the right. You know, I heard a pastor once say that if the devil can't slow you down, he'll speed you up so that you can fall flat on your face. And so maybe all these people that just want to be your friends right now aren't really that you're growing in certain areas, but it's that the devil is sending things so fast that you can't determine what's God and what's not. Maybe in your season of loneliness, what you thought was somebody that you needed, the devil sent 10 right away so that you would stop feeling lonely. And instead of slowing you down because he knew he couldn't, he sped you up. And now you're in something that your legs can't hold you in. Again, my biggest advice tonight with what we're talking about, slow things down. All my single people in the room say hi. Okay, okay, we got a couple. What's up? I like it. I'm rooting for you. I believe your next relationship is your best relationship. I believe it. I believe it. 
I believe it. I believe it. I believe the next time you find the one, it's actually going to be the one. <laughs> he was the one. Now he not. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. I believe that if you take care of yourself correctly, you will be ready for the next relationship. Just because he's the one don't mean he's the perfect one. There's no such thing as the perfect one. He's still going to have baggage. She's still going to be crazy. <laughs> but I believe you know she's the one when you can actually handle the baggage. When you're healthy enough to handle the crazy. I believe you know that you're right partner when you're ready for that right partner. And you know, I, I think it's crazy. I wrote it down. This is for all my single people in the room. The Lord has made us thirsty by believing that we are stuck in a desert. Your DMs are way too dry right now. Ain't nobody hitting you up. And here's what's crazy. We think, and we're in our rooms. I, I know you. I've been there. I've done that. We're in our rooms, and we're looking at our phone, and we're just refreshing, and just refreshing, and just refreshing, and just refreshing. And you know what's crazy? Oftentimes, we believe this false, uh, this false reality that everybody's enjoying their lives while I'm stuck here at home. But can I let you know, everybody that you're looking at is in the exact same position as you. You know what we need to do? Slow it. Don't just make emotional decisions. Church, slow it down. You know, oftentimes we get into these seasons where it's like, man, everybody's got somebody, so I just got to get somebody, <laughs> and we'll figure it out. <laughs> and then you fall into what Dennis fell into. You fall into a thirst trap. Man, I just became so thirsty because, like, oh, my God, he had that H2O, and, and he had that Gatorade, and, like, she was fine like wine, and he was there. He was sipping, nice, divine. Like, you just see all of it. <laughs> So you settle for like a red solo cup or something. That's <laughs> like, it has a napkin inside. <laughs> Somebody had water and Cheetos on a napkin and they just, you know. It's what our hearts look like. I just, I just need somebody. <laughs> and every year that you stay single is a year that you lower your standards. And so one day you'll end up with a dirtbag. Wait, I never, oh my God, it's just every year it got worse. Every, week, every year you cared less about the people that were in your life. Every year you cared less about filtering your relationships. Every single year you allowed more people that were unhealthy into your life and less people that were healthy into your life. And so we end up in this place and we have no idea how the heck we got here. You know what's crazy? We always ask ourselves this question. I know you've done it, right? Ready? What am I here on earth for? God, what is my purpose and it's crazy that we stop asking God for our purpose when we find a person. You know what, God? I, just, I don't even care what I'm here for. I just want to be next to them. I just want to be with them all the time. God, you know what? It's okay. You don't have to tell me my purpose. Just let me know she's the one. And we stop focusing on our identity with God, and all we care about is the person that's standing next to us. But you know, you know, you know, you know, you know, I, I have a little different way of thinking about this. I think when you find a partner... You should still ask God, what's my purpose? But then you should add a question, God, what is our purpose? What are you doing with her? Oh, man, I just can't see my life without her. Cool. Okay, what about when she dies? <laughs> that is true. But it's also a reality we can't deny. And what happens when she's no longer in your life? What happens if you do something and you mess up the relationship and she bounces? Well, what's the purpose now? What happens when you can't, right now you can't see her a, 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 day, a, a day of life without her, but there's going to be a day where you do not want to have a single moment with her. 
God, she is just being wet. She was ratchet when I got down on one knee. Now she is extra ratchet today. I don't know what she's taking, Jesus, but it's not your word. Is, is you wanting to be next to her still the main reason why you're with her? Wait, so you just want to walk together, but you don't want to build anything together? I think every relationship needs an identity. What are we here for? Because we like each other? Well, one day we won't like each other. You said something to me and it was against who I thought I was and I don't like you right now. So what are we doing in this relationship right now? When it's tough right now, when it doesn't make sense if you even like me right now or not, what's the reason we're together? And when you find somebody, whether it's a friend, whether it's a best friend or a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a person you wanna marry, you need to start asking yourself, what is our purpose together? What are we here on earth for? Because I, I don't believe that God would give you an entire, an entire eternity together just to walk. I don't. If God gives you a purpose on your own, why wouldn't he give you and your partner a purpose? I would also like to say that if you don't have a partner, it doesn't mean that you're missing out on a purpose. Because the Bible never said that Eve completed Adam. The Bible said that Eve helped Adam. She was a helper to him, not a missing piece to his puzzle. He was complete when God found him and gave him a partner. And so tonight, if you're feeling like you're missing out on something because you don't have a partner or a person, I need to let you know you are utterly wrong. Your job is to be complete now because two incomplete pieces cannot complete a purpose. And so tonight, God is reminding you you're single, but you're not empty. I've got things for you, and I've got the pieces to complete you, so when you get to that person, you'll be able to live out your God-given identity. Go ahead, write this down. What is my relationship's identity? Tag that to your boyfriend. Tag that to, to your husband. Tag that to your best friend. Why are you best friends? What's your purpose as best friends? Do you not think that God wants you to make a difference in somebody's life as a friend? What's our, what's our, what's our relationship identity? Well, how do we figure that out? How do we know this? I'll, I'll give you a cheat code on, on kind of the opposite, the bad side. And it's that if it's not pointing you to your God-given identity, then the relationship has a toxic identity. So if you get together with your partner and say, hey, what's our identity? But for some reason, that identity pushes you away from your original identity from when you were alone with God, then that identity is an unhealthy identity. Because if it causes you to lose your way with Jesus, it's not the right identity. But, but I believe that she can get saved. I believe that too. But from the moment she's not saved and she's with you, she's robbing you of your Christ-like identity. I think we need to set up boundaries right away. But, but, but Pastor Dennis, we already sleeping together. Cool. Set up a boundary now. <laughs> Wait, but Pastor Dennis, we, we've already gone clubbing and, and we've already gotten drunk together and we've already been drinking and, and we've already done this, this, and that. Go, set up a boundary now. I had a friend, she's not a Christian, and so it, it was kind of a different conversation than the one I'm sharing with you tonight. But she was telling me, hey, me and, my, me and my boyfriend, we went to Amsterdam and we bought shrooms for like 15 bucks. I was like, oh, very interesting. Thank you for opening up about this. <laughs> How was it? <laughs> She's like, honestly, I would never do shrooms, but because I was with my boyfriend, I just felt safe. It's like, okay, you know, that kind of makes sense. I get that, whatever, okay. 
At least you're not doing it with a stranger. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, no, for sure. She said, I wouldn't have done it if I was in a safe place. And I think if it's a safe place to sin, it's not truly a safe place. If you can smoke with her, she's not really a safe place. If she's not pushing you towards your identity in Christ, it might seem like a safe place. But if you can sin in it, it's not a safe place. I, I take this a step further. If you allow her to sin with you, you're not a safe place. And I know you want to be a better boyfriend, so become a safe place. Well, Pastor Dennis, how, how do I do that? We already doing it. Set up a boundary. Tell your hope group, yo, I'm banging. Tell your hope group, yo, me and my girlfriend, we got a hotel room on Valentine's Day. And we did it. Okay. That's a great first step, my friend. Now you're not doing it alone. Confess to each other and you're going to keep falling over each other. <laughs> Confess to someone outside of your circle that you can trust and they'll bring you back up. So tonight, we're going to set boundaries. I think with your friendships, this is just as important. Like if, if, if there's gossip entering your circle, it's not a safe place. Oh, but like, I know they're just not going to share it. Cool. If it's not building anybody up, you're just destroying inside of your circle. If it doesn't seep out, okay, you're still destroying. If she still lets you procrastinate, she's not a good friend. You know, okay, hold on. Okay, I'm going to be real honest right now. Can we stop setting incorrect boundaries? Like the boundary that we've got set up is that you can't tell me what to do or live my life. Because if not, you're manipulative. No, I'm not manipulative. I'm pointing you somewhere. H how can you tell whether a friend is, is manipulating you or not? I I'll say it to you this way. If they're pointing you to Jesus, they're not manipulating you. If they're pointing you to how they think you should live your life. If they're pointing you to how they think you should live their life. And, and how, what they, th your idea of them is, then that might be manipulative. But if it's pointing to the identity of Jesus, you can trust that they're correcting you with love. They're correcting you with care. They're setting up the right boundary. Yo, stop telling your friends that they can't correct you. Chase after correction. Go talk to your friend. What do I suck at? How can I get better as a friend for you? I think all of us want our circles to get better without us getting better. And so tonight, God is speaking to you saying, hey, no, slow things down. Don't point the finger. Be the change. Be the change. Well, why should I, why should I care about my friends so much? Why should I let them in my life like that? Well, why can't we just hang out and turn up? Why do they have to know how I can get better and me know how they should get better? And I want you to write this down. It's my last point tonight. It's because if we do life together, we're yoked. We're yoked. We're yoked. Now, most of you might not know too much about this idea, so let me show it to you. We're closing right now. Ready? 2 Corinthians 6.14, the Bible says, Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness and lawlessness? And what communion, in other words, a relationship, has light and darkness? Can you go ahead and uh, throw up that picture, uh, Eli, for a favor? This is, uh, this is two oxen being yoked. And the yoke is this section right here. This wooden beam that holds them together. 
And so when the scripture says, don't be unequally yoked, if you can look down here, it's basically saying, don't be yoked, in other words, combined together with someone who's going a different direction than you. The job of this yoke is to hold on to this small little wooden beam so that, that, that there could be a line cut in the ground so that the farmer could plant his seeds. So imagine if one of the oxen is facing left and the other oxen is facing right. They're going to be walking in a circle the entire time. And I think so many of us, we get yoked with somebody facing the opposite direction and we're wondering, God, why aren't we growing? God, why aren't we going anywhere? God, why aren't we doing? It's because you're unequally yoked. You know, ooh, I'm about to get juicy. <laughs> you can be yoked with someone who calls themselves a believer, but still lives like an unbeliever. Because scripture says, scripture says that if you call yourself a member of the family of faith following Jesus, but don't live like it, you are a son of the devil. And so if you fall into that category where you declare it but you don't live it, you fall into this where you are unequally yoked and you're the problem. I need to be honest because some of us think we're the better friend, but we're living a two-faced life. And so we're actually the opposite friend, helping our people around us walking in circles. And we're judging them for facing the wrong way. But the reality is we're facing the wrong way. And because we don't want to fix ourselves, we don't want to get better, we don't want to trust in Jesus, we're stuck in this circle because we're unequally yoked. And where are the problem? Tonight, you need to ask yourself, are we facing the right direction? Are we? First, ask yourself, what's our identity? So we know the direction. It has to lead to Jesus. If not, it's an incorrect identity. After you ask what's our identity, you have to ask, are we going towards it? As a husband and wife, you need to sit down your next date night. What's our identity? I'm not just your husband. There's a purpose between me being your husband. What is that purpose? And develop it together. Because a purpose needs to be cultivated. Comes from God and you build it together. You sit down, you talk about it, and then you determine, all right, what is stopping us from getting to that purpose? Being unequally yoked, unequally yoked is like, oh, when you're running that game in, in high school or middle school or elementary where your two shoes are tied with somebody, right? And you're like running and the middle foot is like going next to them and you're trying to race, but both of your feet are tied together. Me and my boys, we would always win that because we were like in complete coordination with each other. It's like left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot, right? And you would like, boom, like you would start moving. But then there was these people that they would try to leave their tied foot planted and both step with the outside foot and they would just drag this back foot and we were just beating them like left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot. They suck. But here's the thing. Me and my friend had to determine whose left foot was the identifying left foot. Because my left foot was tied to his right foot. So if we say left foot and he says, no, my left foot, no, not your left foot, my left foot, we'd be moving in different directions. And so what you need to do, ready, ready, ready? Slow down. Determine what the true left foot is. And move in accordance with each other. Left foot, right foot. I know it looks different for you in this season, but left foot is actually right foot. I know it's different for you in the season, but right foot is actually left foot. I know my mom doesn't treat you the way you want to be, but left foot is right foot. I know you don't like the way that I'm working right now, but I need to work this job nine to five. Right foot is left foot. And so many of us have to be in communication to be in communion. So tonight, I'm repeating all my points because I need you to practice this. I'm not just trying to preach cute stuff. I don't want to make you feel good. I want to help you out. And so slow down. 
determine your relationship identity and communicate to have communion. Communicate to have communion. Church, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Was this helpful for anybody? Did you learn something tonight? Good, good, good. I need you to practice this because tonight there's people in this room that you got a, a lot of good relationship advice, but you don't have the right relationship right now. And before I can build something healthy with somebody else, I need Jesus to build something healthy within me. And so tonight you've been hearing this saying, dang, Pastor Dennis, that's so good. I want to speak to you. If you heard all this good advice, but you don't have a relationship with Jesus, it is all in vain. Because I didn't teach you this. He taught you this. And if you're going to perfect it, you cannot build it on your own. You need to rely on Jesus, the perfect relationship, to get you right with every other relationship. And so tonight you're in the room and you're saying, Dennis, I, I need this relationship. I want everything to fall in line. I want to seek first God's kingdom and everything else will fall. I, I want to know this Jesus who created the perfect relationship for me. Who died for me to have a relationship with me before I could even know his name. If that is you tonight and you want this relationship with Jesus, come on, right where you're at, every eye closed, every head bowed. Can you just lift up your hand? Nobody's looking around. If there's anybody in this room that wants a relationship with Jesus, can you lift up your hand right where you're at? Every eye closed, every head bowed. I see one hand. I see two hands. I see three hands. Come on, is there anybody else in this room? There are three hands lifted up.